How do you build a side hustle while still in university? This is the Early Days Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Early Days Podcast, the show about the hustle, the excitement, the doubts, the success, the failures, the ups and downs of building a business from scratch. My name is Marine Gerov, your host, and together with my co-founder, Julian Summerjeev, we interview fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of building businesses. Why? Because we're actually doing that ourselves. We're building our own apparel company, it's called Dulaware, and we make non-iron dress shirts from performance fabrics. There's a lot more benefits and properties, but uh, you can go to our website, wherdulo.com, and check out more about that. Our guest on the show today is Oliver Anwar. He's still in university, but he started a side hustle. What is it about? Building a business around nutrition, health, and fitness advice. He's actually using platforms, digital platforms, quite smartly to grow the business and to put the word out there. We go into the origin story of, with Oliver, his background, how he balances the work and life, especially that he's still a student. We talk about tips about Instagram for business and much, much more. You can check out Oliver's work at rawanwarfitness.com and say hi to him on Instagram at rawanwar. That's R-O-A-N-W-A-R. And now, without further ado, our conversation with Oliver Anwar. Great. So my name is Oliver, um, also known as Ro, and I'm basically an online personal trainer and um, basically a young entrepreneur that set up his own online coaching website. So essentially, it was a website to help people, you know, gain muscle, you know, lose fat and generally improve their fitness and health in an online space through, um, yeah, uh, a website. And that business is based on, around your name and around your personal brand as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's all around my, my name, which is my middle name is actually Roha. So um, I'm known as Ro and yeah, so Ro Anwar Fitness and it's a personal brand um, to basically reflect me and, and the way that, you know, I approach life and my fitness journey as well. And previous to that, were you a personal trainer in gym, let's say, and then you transferred that over to a website environment? No. So I actually started not at all in the gym. So most guys actually start in the gym as a personal trainer. I essentially just started teaching myself um, how to, you know, work out and about diet and achieving my physique um when I was sort of younger I made a lot of mistakes when it came to sort of my training and dieting so for my first few years I actually injured myself I was dieting wrong I was harboring a lot of bad habits so I really sort of realized at this point I needed to start delving into evidence into research and you know people that knew what they were talking about to understand how the body worked how dieting worked and how you could apply that to you know your body and your lifestyle right um and that's where it all sort of sprung from so you first applied it uh, for yourself you found the problem you solved it and when did you realize that you can actually help out other people so I was sort of in the process of um posting basically just photos of myself online and um when I was going to sort of like out with friends they'd recognize the progress I'd make I'd made and they sort of like so I had questions you know around how do you diet like this how do you look like this what do you do with your training and I started getting a little bit of interest around you know fitness um and for me at the time it was just a, a hobby but you know as people started asking what my training plan was what my diet plan was how things worked I sort of saw that there was an opportunity to potentially, you know, sell a, a service to people to, you know, give them a training plan and a nutrition plan and guidance on, you know, for them to, you know, essentially train themselves as well. This initial interest, uh, was it first offline or was it online? Where did it come from? 
Yeah, so it was started offline, firstly. Um, I mean, growing up, I was really active and fit, so I played a lot of football as a youngster. And as I got to sort of 17, 18, I started, you know, um, getting into the gym and things like that. So a lot of my friends and family saw me sort of working out and saw that, you know, I was making this progress. And then as I started posting photos online, then people on social media started to see this. So it was a mixture of both. But firstly, yeah, offline, um, I think it was. What what time, what, what year is that? So that was probably, um, I'd say around sort of 2014, 2014, yeah, 2013, 2014. And that's when you started also to offer your advice to uh, other people who are not from your immediate circle. Yeah, so I mean, it's... I set up my business back in September of 2016. So it actually took me a few years to decide what to do. And it was really strange because I never had the idea in my head to be an online coach. I um, was sat at my friend's house and he was he runs his own business too. And he just saw a domain, uh, which is my current website, Ramal Fitness, available for like a penny. Um, and I was just sat at his house over summer and just a spontaneous decision was to just buy this and use it as a project to basically just build a WordPress website to essentially do a blog to begin with to you know let people know what I do and how I train and as the summer sort of progressed I sort of transitioned this from a blog to an idea of you know a website that could take payments where I could offer fitness packages um, and people could essentially be coached online by myself um, so it was completely spontaneous no real planning by it and from that point yeah I've just taught myself how to do things how to you know set up a website how to take PayPal payments how to online coach and all that stuff so yeah it was a bit spontaneous. <laughs> did you did you do it all by yourself or did you hire maybe a developer to help you set up the website? So well, I actually didn't hire anybody to do it. Um, my friend is good at WordPress. So he, the one that um, bought the domain, he runs his own business as well for esports and gaming. So he knew a little bit about it. But I essentially just taught myself. I had about not much money in my account as I was a student. I bought the domain. I bought a nice theme and a bit of some of the other fees. But I don't think it came to more than 50 to 100 pounds the initial you know startup and the rest i went on youtube i scrolled through tutorials and i basically taught myself how to build a wordpress website um yeah without any help really from anybody else nice yeah that's always the best way to start because then you know everything what's happening on the underneath the hood so in the beginning how did you go about uh, like generating traffic and spreading the word about what you're doing so um firstly i mean luckily i had quite a lot of people from where I'm from I'm from Bristol originally back in um, the UK so that's like the West Country uh, for guys that don't know and I had you know I launched a Facebook post on the day that I launched my website and luckily like all my friends and family and, and people from my area shared the post so there was about 150 shares in the first evening and a load of people liking it which is great so I got a lot of traction from that and a lot of exposure to begin with from you know people that I knew and I was able to train people um, that already knew me from school or through football previously and things like that. So that's how it started out firstly. And then as it transitioned, I sort of started building up a following on, on Instagram and social media. I realized that, you know, I couldn't live off getting custom from just people I knew. I needed to expand further and you know, really e expand my brand. And I would be really interested on that post because the, the space is very saturated. What did you mention that you were going to do on that post that grabbed people's interest? Well, I essentially gave them a, a new concept. I mean, the idea of online coaching is really new. So you usually get a personal trainer that, you know, trains you in the gym and puts you through a workout. So I was putting across something that was quite new to people. And I think that novelty was quite interesting. 
Um, I mean, if you look at online coaching compared to personal training, it's a lot cheaper and it's a lot more affordable. You don't have to pay the overheads of, you know, a gym fee. Um, and as long as you can put out the good information in your guides and people can follow that and there's photos and there's instructions, then they can actually achieve, you know, just as good a results as, you know, people that trained in the gym. Um, and I think maybe that appealed to people, you know, especially those that maybe didn't want to spend too much on, you know, personal trainers and things like that. It was a different way for them to sort of approach their fitness. And this post, was it on a personal profile or was it on a business page that you've created yourself? So it was on my personal um, page that I sort of just use on Facebook. So it was just shared on that. Um, and then after sort of that evening, I thought it'd be smart to set up a fitness page. So I've got a Facebook fitness page now for, for my brand too. Um, and everything now runs through there. But at the start, it was just, yeah, my personal page. And when you were starting out, were there some role models or uh, uh, other people in that same field that you were looking up to for inspiration? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, in the space, when I started, there were a couple of people that I followed that were really, you know, influential. Um, they're actually doing really, really well now. I'm not sure if you guys know them, but they're called um, Rob Lipset is one of them. And also Joe Delaney, who they're like YouTubers, online coaches and social influences. And I saw how they were basically just, you know, giving people an idea of what they were doing. They were documenting their journey, giving out lots of free information and providing lots of value to people. And and I saw sort of their success and, you know, how they live their life and, and things like that. And that sort of, yeah, inspired me to sort of take on, you know, something that was just a hobby into an actual business. So after that, that initial post, you had some interest of people. And then what was the, the first days of, of actually building and creating content on the website itself? Yeah, so I, I realized I needed to create some content on the website as it was a little bit bare. So I made sure that, you know, when I started every week, I'd write a blog post on something that was relevant to fitness and lifestyle, because that was sort of the route I wanted to go down is showing people how they can fit fitness around their life. So I started writing blog posts on, you know, how to manage your fitness plans going on holiday, how to, you know, uh, manage eating out and things like that and staying on track with your fitness, how to, you know, get through Christmas and New Year, you know, fairly unscathed and not ruin everything. Um, and just topical sort of things that, you know, people might find interest and buy into i then sort of realized that social media was a great way to document and share what i was doing so i started a youtube channel and started you know essentially putting out informative videos and vlogging my day showing people how i did things as well as you know instagram content and trying to post you know good quality photos with you know valuable captions to people to get information and things like that how did you approach YouTube? I'm really curious. Um, uh, did you did you just have your vlog there, or also tutorials, training training videos? Yeah, so it was a mix, to be honest. And I, I sort of tried and tested the waters for about a year um, to see what was working and what wasn't. Um, so I started with a mix of informative videos. I think that's really important to build credibility. Um, people want to see that you know what you're talking about and they want to get that value. So I tried to do that, and then I moved on to sort of vlogs and some lifestyle stuff as well. To show people like document my journey what i do my day-to-day -day, how i eat how i train um and things like that so it was a mix to be honest would you say that it's more important to first build up the credibility and after that uh go more into establishing your personal brand based on that knowledge that you've already provided yeah definitely i think especially with fitness as well it's very difficult there are a lot of um you know fitness coaches out there and self you know self-confessed fitness gurus and 
you've got to try and break away from the guys that don't know what they're doing. And a great way to do that is to share your information for free, give credibility to what, to what you're trying to bring. And then as well, I think after that, once that starts to build, is definitely adding in that personal touch. So people love the lifestyle vlogging is because you're showing everybody, you know, yourself as transparent as possible uh, and allowing people into basically your life and letting them know, you know, the ins and outs is, is a really, again, good way to build trust. So there's sort of two sides. It's that credibility and then there's that trust of you know showing people you're for real. So, yeah, at the start, definitely credibility, but that personal touch comes in um, later on, I think. What was the, like, the first traction point that you noticed people starting to go on the website commenting liking your social media posts was there like one event or some post that uh, uh that exploded or was it a gradual process yeah so for me it's been quite a gradual process um it hasn't i don't think there's one standout bit of content that's got people but their attention i've just tried to be really consistent with you know, when I post and how often I post and, and the quality and try to slowly increase that quality as time's progressed. And that's been really useful for me um, to, yeah, essentially grow. Um, yeah, my Instagram page was, I think it was around 1,000 followers when I started and now it's at nearly 23,000. So in a year and a half, it's grown quite nicely and the amount of people that engage and message me has increased. So yeah, I think the way that I'm doing it is, is working all right at the moment. Which you mentioned Instagram and Facebook, are those the, the main two platforms that you're using? Is there anything else? Yeah, so those two are the main two platforms. Um, YouTube, I've taken a break from YouTube at the minute because I needed some time to essentially put a plan together of how I'm going to approach it. Because the first year was a lot of tried and tested you know, methods. And um, once I get into the summer, that's when I'm going to really start putting together um, like a YouTube content calendar and, and create something a lot different from the other stuff you see in the fitness world so yeah that's interesting but yeah mainly it is instagram and facebook um that i try and yeah grow on you seem to have a very methodical approach to building those communities are you working with somebody else or are you learning everything yourself and implementing so um i actually yeah i, I try and learn i learn everything myself i don't have anybody else sort of helping me as such directly um, of course I try and collaborate with lots of other people that are doing well I try and watch the behavior of other people that are you know winning in you know this sector and, and how they've got successful and and try to you know see how I operate and take parts that I think will be useful for me to, to grow as a brand as well because um, I think that's really important is sticking to what you believe in the, and, and living it on your terms but also taking that you know advice from other people and trying to put a system in place and I'm really curious if you can go a little bit more practical and tactical on uh, sure. how you grew your Instagram, because it's quite an impressive uh, growth, I would say. Uh, I'm comparing it to our own experience, of course, but also looking at other accounts. Can you just sure. go a little bit more into details, how you approach this, uh, what type of schedule you're using, uh, and any other helpful tactics? Yeah, sure. So I tried to... Um post basically have a system of the content that i'd post so i wanted mine to be a mix of travel a bit of lifestyle and mainly fitness so i predominantly put around 60 percent around fitness sort of 20 percent 30 percent around lifestyle and then sort of 10 percent travel and me going on holiday and then basically using that system i decide you know how it performed so how the engagement was how you know people responded and things like that and that for me was really good. So if I realized that the fitness posts were performing well, then I'd post more of those. 
Um, if the lifestyle stuff wasn't, then I'd reduce that. I'd put in travel and I'd just try and test things um, and get feedback from, you know, you know, basically the insights and also from people of what they liked and, and what they thought. Um, I really try and build basically a community of people around me that are supportive, but they're not yes people, if that makes sense. So they're not just going to say yes because it makes me feel good, but they'll actually constructively criticize what I'm doing. So I can actually say, right, you know what, maybe that's not working. I should try something else. Um, and then we go from there. Right. And are you focusing mostly on uh, uh, photos or videos? How do you combine those? And also, how was your? How did you transition to stories as well? Yeah, so I focus mainly on predominantly photos, uh, high-quality photos that are well-lit uh, and things like that. But also, uh, captions are really important. So depending on the type of content I was putting out, if I wanted to put an informative caption out, I'd make sure it's well-written, that you know there's no spelling mistakes, that there was something in there that people can apply to you know, their training or their fitness to help them uh, that's informative. If it was an amusing or funny one, then I'd also make sure that that was good and that was funny. Uh, so I added a mix to make sure that, you know, the content there was varied, but it was still very focused, if that makes sense. It wasn't, you know, me thinking off the top of my head. It was me actually, you know, putting down a system to, to see what would work. Uh, sorry, what was the last, the second bit that you said? Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> uh, the second bit, so once Instagram introduced stories, Stories, yeah. about implementing those into your strategy? So stories are really great because I think with Snapchat as well, Snapchat is a very informative type of um, media to basically, you know, put, put online for people. And that's sort of how I like to use Instagram stories. My, you know, my photos were sort of quite high quality, quite edited, tried to, you know, get the most traction as possible, which is great. But my Instagram stories are really quite um, informal and me going about my day to day, um, trying to show people that I'm relatable, that I'm a human as well, uh, that I go out, I have fun with my mates, I go to university, I, you know, go out and drink, all this sort of stuff that I include into my story is a great way for people to keep tabs on you sort of daily and see what you're about. Again, it's, it's allowing people into your sort of life, giving them that trust and, uh, and showing them that you're, like I said, yeah, human. Right. As you, as you go, go, um, about the day, is it conscious? Do you think about it consciously or is it a habit that you build up now that just documenting what you're doing? Yeah, so the big reason why I set up this sort of website and the reason I went down the fitness route is because it doesn't really feel like I'm working. I think if I didn't have a business, I think I would still document everything I did anyway. Um, I love, you know, letting people in and, and showing them what I do and, you know, trying to impact other people. So, for me, I don't really think about it. It's, it's kind of like I would do it anyway. And now I've got a business, I just think about the quality of it a bit more than, you know, just posting it if I didn't have a business, if that makes sense. Yeah. And are you running the business now full time or are you still dedicating your time to something else as well? Yeah. So at the minute, I'm actually super busy. I'm um, at the end of finishing my degree, my undergraduate degree. So I'm in my third year studying business management with global industries. So I've got that to finish. I currently work part time as well for um, a startup in London too. Um, and then I do my business as well on the side. So yeah, there's a lot going on at the minute. <laughs> right. So can you give us a little bit more about an insight into your day working for your business? Uh, what kind of activities do you do? Uh, what kind of customers do you have? I think that's going to be very interesting to hear. Yeah, so um, a lot of the activities I do, are a lot of it is producing content. So as I am sort of a startup and I'm really new, putting out good content on my channels is important. So, um, you know, I post on Instagram daily and I make sure that I write 
captions daily um, that I save in my notes and then post. So um, everything's sort of pre-planned. Uh, so that's a big part of my day. A second part is essentially answering emails and getting, you know, responding back to questions on Instagram and things like that. So it's not just producing the content, it's engaging and, and responding. I think that's so important as a startup is to you know, really get back to people and, you know, really engage with them to get them to buy into you and to help them with their queries. So that's a big part for me. And also um, a big one, of course, is working out. So uh, as an as a online personal trainer, working out is vital. So that's actually part of my my day in and that's documented on my Instagram story sometimes with aids for people on how to work out how to do this and how to do that um, as long as as well as my food too so my food gets documented uh, on, on social media more sort of operational stuff um, I'm also sort of contacting lots of other people to essentially get more exposure so really collaborate with other fitness people do things like this do podcasts I also do public speaking at some schools and universities where I let people know about my brand, how I basically set up a business from you know, little to no investment. And yeah, that's, that, that's sort of it. At, at this stage, it's a lot of, a lot of that, um, you know, exposing myself, putting out content, letting people know who I am. And then the second part of that is once the business comes in, um, really, you know, obviously doing that work. So programming clients, putting together training programs, putting together meal plans, and yeah, that, that's sort of how, how it works. How do you make sure, uh, or how do you, um, um, op uh, how do you implement accountability and uh, tracking that your customers are actually following what you're telling them to? Yeah, so, so what I do is um, with my coaching clients, I check in with them every week and I have systems in place. So I try and use like a red, amber, green scheme that gives them basically a red if they haven't performed amber if it was okay and green if they've overperformed so if i set them goals on let's say uh, one week um they go and they go to the gym they do all their stuff and when i check in with them if they've achieved those goals and if they, if they come back with uh achieving them then i can give them that correct feedback if that makes sense so that's one way that i help keep them accountable and monitor I also use um, MyFitnessPal. So this is an app where you can actually see other people's food diaries. So I'm able to actually see them log all their food and keep food, a track of all their food diary, um, which is always interesting. And it's also a way for me to basically help them if they're having issues with foods and what to put in and what to substitute out. Um, and that's a great way to keep them accountable, as well as just generally checking in with them on WhatsApp and things like that. So I ask them, you know, how they're going get them to send me videos of their training and things like that if they've got any problems with their form. So really engaging with them, letting them know that I'm there, um, but also having a system in place if they, if they don't want to perform or you know, they're, they're not you know, living up to the goals that we've set. I think it's really good to have that in place as well to keep people on track. Can you take us through, uh, through an interaction? So is it, you said you, say you check, uh, check on them weekly, uh, then is it a Skype call to check the progress or is it... Uh, them sending pictures over? Yeah, so the way it works is usually the first couple of weeks is the client essentially getting a feel for the program and getting used to that new routine. So really trying to get you know into that whole regime of working out, dieting properly, tracking their food. I mean, that can take you know a while, especially if someone hasn't done it before. And, and as things progress, we look to take you know progress photos on check-ins. So in the later check-ins, we'll get some photos to see how their body's looking, to see how their fat loss is going or their muscle gain, as well as, you know, getting their weight. So their average weekly weight for the week. 
and also um what's really important as well is to <coughs> sorry one minute <coughs> <coughs> sorry and yeah also um optional skype calls so if they've got something that's going to take more than the email actually seeing if they want to have a chat on the weekends to you know uh, maybe half an hour to see how everything's going, if there's anything going on in their life that's preventing them from you know, fitting their fitness goals, what's going well, what isn't. Um, so there are lots of different types of engagement that I use and communication to, um, yeah, essentially help the client progress. And uh, would you say your client base is more novice people just starting out or is it uh, maybe some people who've been lifting for a couple of years and have plateaued a bit and they're looking for, for a more advanced uh, knowledge, I guess? Yeah, so I, I guess a lot of the people that I sort of get in are people that have sort of been to the gym, they've tried maybe lifting for one or two years, and they really have plateaued and they haven't really seen the results they wanted. And they sort of want the, you know, expertise and, and knowledge of someone that's uh, a little bit more advanced. And I think those are the sort of the main clients that I get. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely. What are some of the, I want to go a little bit more deeper here, what are some of the most challenging moments you've had so far in running this business? Um, yeah, I think generally just, you know, running a business alongside, like for me, studying a full-time degree and trying to work part-time, you know, making time to still be sociable at university, see all my friends, go out, have fun, make time for, you know, family and things like that. It's it's all a big balancing act and, you know, it, it is sometimes difficult to, to do that and all of it and sometimes you have to make sacrifices and you know the friends that I sort of want to see all the time sometimes I can't see and, and sometimes I'm busy focusing on the business right because that's a big priority for me so I think that's really hard to begin with is letting go of you know going out for drinks you know two three times a week with friends or you know doing those things that you would do when you didn't have that much on um, that's definitely been a big one is, is saying no to those things. But as you grow through that, you get stronger at saying no and your priorities lie in different places and you become accustomed to that. Um, I definitely say as well, um, the type of content and engagement that you get. So I think in the first sort of year or so, the amount of engagement I got wasn't you know, great. Um, I was still, although I was growing, it's, it's not the level it was now. So putting out lots of content and maybe only getting 100 views on your YouTube video and not getting that pe many people commenting or you know, getting traction on your stuff can be quite difficult, um, especially when you're trying to put out the best content possible. Um, but, you know, after time, you know, you always get back what you put in. And sort of now I'm starting to reap the rewards in regards to engagement, in regards to more people being interested in actually purchasing my, my plans and, and programs and, and things like that. What's currently the hardest thing that you're working on? Oh, um, so at the moment, I'm actually working on a couple of ebooks that I'm looking to release. So I'm trying to release some muscle building ebooks for people, basically young lads trying to gain muscle um, that are just sort of starting out and trying to put, you know, nutritional guidance, you know, together for them. I'm trying to basically make that really, really visual and yeah, so that's sort of how, how it's working at the moment is, is this ebook that I'm working on. And uh, follow up question What's the plan for the next, let's say, six months? So, yeah, the next six months, um, I'm just trying to scale as much as I can. So, really get as many people 
onto my programs as possible. Luckily, I'm on an app called Sweatcoin, which is an app that pays you to sort of walk. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, no, can you just give us a brief uh, introduction of it? Yeah, so essentially it's a app that it's like sort of cryptocurrency for exercise, if that makes sense. So like in cryptocurrency, you get miners that um, mine Bitcoin, let's say, and they get paid in Bitcoin. This Sweatcoin app actually tracks your steps outside and then you're able to get Sweatcoins for the activity that you do. And you can use these Sweatcoins to then purchase things on that app. Okay. And I'm on, on that app basically um, offering my service. Okay, uh, so people that have collected those coins could purchase the services. Exactly, yeah. So I offer them a, a program on there that they can purchase, a four-week program um, that they can use um, once they've got enough sweat coins. And that's been a big way that I've been able to scale my business. So a lot of people through the app have been able to try out my program for free. And then it's opened up doors to essentially upsell to them and you know get them onto my Instagram page, onto my website, lots of different stuff. Um, because of that program. Nice, nice. I want to sneak in a selfish question. Um, sure. Give us one good uh, tip or advice on diet and one good tip or advice on uh, training. Sure. So um, one big tip for dieting would definitely be to give yourself a plan and don't go too hard too quickly. So you probably find with a lot of people the biggest mistake they make is they you know take all their carbs out of their diet they'll eat just protein and they'll go crazy 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 on their training and within two three weeks they're binging and they've completely lost their diet because they went too hard too quickly so definitely with your diet is put in a sustainable plan so something that's you know going to last for a long time that's not going to kill you off in the first three weeks and that has some longevity because i think that's really important and training <laughs> training yeah so in regards to training i would definitely say have uh, a program that's sort of periodized so a program again in the long term that has some sort of progress that focuses on what you want to achieve so let's say you want bigger legs you want a program that over time is going to increase the amount of work you do on your pods on your hamstrings and on your calves and programmed in a way that doesn't ruin your life too much right so you want to be able to do it with the job that you do with you know the part-time sport that you do or five aside you want that to be able to fit in so essentially having progress but having that progressive program fitted into your life and the way you like to work because that's the way that people stick to what they do is doing it the way they like to do it and again everybody's different so everyone everyone listening right now they can just go and uh Take note of those two advices and you can just start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm that hard at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where can people find out more about your business, about yourself as well? Now is the time to do all the plugs and mention all the social handles. Oh, great. It's my favorite bit. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, you can find me on my website, which is www.roarmorefitness.com. And my Instagram page is at roarmore. Same as Twitter, same as Snapchat, and also my YouTube is at Rama too. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, we would really appreciate your support by liking, rating, subscribing to the Early Days podcast. This program is produced and hosted by Dulo, that's me and Julian. And as we mentioned in the very beginning, we make non-iron dress shirts from performance fabrics. 
If you want to learn more, head over to wherdulo.com, that's W-E-A-R-D-U-L-O.com, and take a look at our products, our story, and the journey of how we're building the business. Until next time, bye-bye.